Welcome to the Raptor Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Make sure you find the Raptor Show wherever you listen to podcasts and subscribe and please rate and review our show. Reminder, we're streaming live on Sportsnet's YouTube channel and airing live on Sportsnet 360, Monday to Friday from 2 to 3 p.m. I'm your host, Swim Lou, and I'm joined the morning after what uh, was probably the wildest game of the year, uh, but ultimately, yet another nothing burger for the Toronto Raptors is uh, producer and co-host, Alex Wong, how are you doing, man? My my much more well-adjusted friend. How are you doing? I'm good, man. My nephews are watching today, so. Oh, hello. You know, um, we'll talk about them. Henry later and Owen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, nice. Big Will Lou stands. That's right. After you got them cookies. I didn't just get them cookies. I also, because, okay, we can explain all of this, because so this is the positivity off the top of the show. Oh, obviously, okay, the game yeah. itself was, was a nasty product. Shouts to Justine Jones and Josh Sue for Shouts to, helping get them passes to sit courtside before the game. That's right. So these are your, how old are they? Uh, I believe they're around 6 and 10. <laughs> what? My sister can clarify. Ages, Message me. Let me know. Okay. Around right. there. Yeah. So anyway, these children, you brought them courtside. You made it all happen. You put in a lot of work behind the scenes. Trust me. I saw you pull every sort of made man lever that existed okay you pulled all the financial levers like barcelona and uh uh, and then you got yourself to that point where you were courtside with these kids and they're watching Giannis warm up and they're watching og and pascal and scotty and fred warm up and you know i don't know the kids we even asked them at one point um because i came over to essentially babysit with them you know with you because i know how much that was stressing you out i had enough you 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 shouldn't be a parent no offense but no it's just it's just to take too much energy i'm never gonna have kids you literally watch these two kids for who are very well behaved i gotta say yeah you haven't seen hours and 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 you were exhausted yep Um, never gonna have kids but we were watching they were sitting courtside and we were like oh look that's Giannis, and they're like Who's Giannis? Yeah, and I was like, oh, man. So you did all this hustling. And I kept and telling like, them to not scream at Thanasis. I'm like, he's 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 gonna fight you. Right, right. Yeah. You wanted them, I wanted them to beef with Thanasis. <laughs> yeah. Um but you know, you were you were very on top of things. You gave them this premium experience. And then at one point I mentioned to 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 one of them, because to be honest, they look kind of identical to me. I'm sorry, I can't <laughs> distinguish Asians. Someone uh, did call them twins. Yeah, you know, I could see that. Um <laughs> I can't. and, and for, yeah, what well, you're their family. I hope you could tell your family members apart. Um for me, I was like, hey, you know, I heard you like Pokemon. And we literally started talking about playing Pokemon. Yeah, you guys talking He's Master got every Balls, single game. Repeat Balls, this guy, and I, Ball Bazaars, I don't know. After I went to Nick Nurse's press conference, I went to take a detour to the media room, brought my Switch out, which I had. Yes, you were gone for half an hour, and my nephew was like, did he go home to get the Switch? Yeah. Should have told him yes. I think I did. Oh, okay, good. Yeah. And then I came back out, gave him the Switch, and the kids were, instead of watching Giannis and these guys warm up courtside, they these, were playing these little children... We're just playing Switch and very, just yeah, having a good time. Yeah, you had a case with a flower pattern, and and they were like, "Do you like flowers?" Yeah, yeah. I Kids mean, just say the wildest things. Yeah, know? no, it was great though. You know, got to meet, um, you know, your sister as well, your brother-in-law. It was uh, a yeah, yeah, all chill, Willow man. stands. It was great. Yep, you hooked them up with sweaters again. Alex is a very generous person, man. I know he comes in here and pretends like he's uh, he's he doesn't care, but he really does care for I people. I don't pretend to be anything. Um, but <laughs> okay. <laughs> This is me. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I did message my sister this morning, and, and they're huge fans of you. So there you go. That's very nice. Four new Willu stands. Wow. So They're not Wong Joyers? <laughs> Whoever made that up, report yourself. <laughs> what does that even mean? Anyways, I'm sure people uh, here to... Right. We're know, here to talk about that game. Listen to us talk about the Raptors losing to the Milwaukee Bucks. I don't even want to read the score because uh, 104-101 does not oh, describe man. the situation. 
You know, this is your show. Uh, do you want to start at the beginning of the game or end of the game? You have to start at the beginning. I mean, come on. <laughs> okay. That was so... actually... I mean, look, I think on, on a team level, they kind of panicked. They were taking panicked rush shots. Everyone kind of... Yeah. It was funny because everyone had a turn. It wasn't like, oh, they were only running offense through two guys. Like, mm. everyone took a turn missing it, shots. It just snowballed. It was... And, it, I, and it was we snowballed. were in that media room and we were watching it. And mm. we were just, like, laughing at the whole thing. Like, at the end of the first quarter... After Raptors started the game 0-15. I thought it was 0-14, but 0-15 yeah. from the field. They finished the first quarter shooting 2 of 23 yeah. from the field. And to be clear, they're only trailing by one point. Sure, yeah. Their 13 defense was strong. to 12. Again, it's, it, their defense yeah. was strong against a uh, Bucks team that was without half the rotation and also a Bucks team that is straight up not good at half-court offense. I, I hope that's also the conclusion people came to when they watched that game because the Raptors played struggle ball. We, we described it as prison ball. Right, right, it, right. It right, was right. like it, it was like max penitentiary kind of like stuff. Like it, it was just the worst offense you've ever seen. And I'm not exaggerating for a it fact. Was tough. I'm, I'm describing for accuracy that it was two of 23 from the field. It was one of those where I remember we had this conversation one time about how you wanted to keep a, a printed box score, which happens all the time in the media room. Oh yeah, got a printed uh, box score. Jeremy Lin's first game with the Raptors. That's right. You wanted to keep that game where I yeah. think he had like three of nine shooting against the Wizards or something. Yeah. You wanted the box score from yesterday. This is the first time ever because I never understood why you would want a printout of something you can get at any time. It's the PDF you can just print it out at home. I wanted a fresh from the hot off the press mm. in the Scotiabank Arena media room. I wanted one of those first quarter box scores because did you secure it i did not secure it because oh, okay. uh, in the 600 level they don't really print them out anymore and i yeah. asked vivek for one and he actually just posted a he replied with a screenshot of a pdf which vivek i appreciate you but i obviously i had this as well yeah, but let thanks, me just read me. through just the first quarter alone. yeah okay? sure so the raptors in total played 60 minutes like if you add up all the individual players you know five times 12 60 right um they shot two a combined two of 23 from the field O of eight from three OJ Anobi, 0 of 2. Scotty Barnes, 0 of 2. Pascal Siakam, 1 of 4. Gary Trent Jr., 0 of 6. Fred oh, Vliet, 1 for 4. Chris Boucher, 0 for 3. Precious Achua, 0 for 1. Malachi Flynn, 0 for 1. How is that even possible? And then it got on to the point where in the second quarter, they kept missing again. They kept, like, their defense was keeping them in it. Mm -hmm. But, like, they were 2 of 30 at one point. <laughs> I have actually, I've watched basketball now, like, very, very heavily for at least 15 years of my life. You never like, seen it. Like game daily, like I watch basketball. You've and never when, seen I'm, when I'm on YouTube, sometimes I'll watch basketball. And just like, you know, I'll obviously, I love this thing. I've never seen that ever in my life. Mm -mm. Two or 30 to start a game. No. And it wasn't like necessarily that it was easy to score on the Bucs. I have to give the Bucs credit a lot, a defense a lot of credit as well. Mm. But even in that two of 30, the Raptors only got transition opportunities <laughs> where they were able to rush their way to the rim. Those were the two baskets. Pascal did that once. Fred did that once. Mm -hmm. They got to the free throw line a couple of times. Mm. Right. And Fred was really playing super hard, driving to the rim, getting himself fouled and just doing anything. But it very much. And I described in the postgame reaction podcast, like your car is stuck. Everyone, you can't start the car. Everyone sort of took a turn, sitting in the driver's seat, trying to turn the key. Yeah. I know and, how that's and this like. old one Honda Civic just won't start. And then mm. Fred just said, screw it. I'm going to get out the car and push the car. <laughs> he said, I'm going to play De La Soul. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it was it was that level. And yeah, you um, said they didn't hit a jumper until the second quarter. I right? was tracking this. The Raptors genuinely didn't hit a jump shot of any kind. Like, I'm not talking just threes. I'm talking about mid-range, anything. OJ and OB pulled up from the free throw line at about a six-minute mark in the second quarter. That was the first jump shot they had made all game. Yeah. How is that possible? In, a, in an era where, 
um, you see players going off for 50, 60 points a night and offenses at an all-time, you know, efficiency-wise, really, really high since, like, I think the 70s and 80s. Um, I was looking at the box. I was looking at the overall Raptors line the whole night, and at the back of my mind, I'm thinking, Donovan Mitchell scored 71 points last week, and will the Raptors as an entire team who declined to trade for Donovan Mitchell score 71 points together as a team? So, I mean, I don't know about you, but that was just honestly one of the more hilarious <sighs> offensive show. And that you can only laugh, really. I mean, I know it's miserable to watch uh, and genuinely embarrassing when it happens on one of the Raptors' only national TV games in the States on ESPN. But people were laughing about it. Richard <laughs> Jefferson's laughing about it. Stephen A. Smith in the studios, like, yo, you make me work 18 hours a day to watch this? No, it was, it was baffling. It, it, I'd, I'd never seen anything like it. It wasn't just baffling. It was historic. It, it was... Yeah. yeah, it was a yeah. low point of the season for sure. Oh, man. And there's no other way around that. Somehow, even with the Bucks up by, how much were they up by? 21? Yeah. With three under four minutes left? Bud literally said, 21 points. Can you do something for me? <laughs> and the Raptors said, no. We're going to like. Bud, uh, he already brought in the, the garbage time guys. He went Antetokounmpo for Antetokounmpo. Yeah, the NASA's yeah. came in and then he had to call a timeout. Because the Raptors scored a couple of baskets. Mm. But, you know, he brought back in the starters. But the Raptors were still down 11 points with, with 50 seconds left. And this is when I when I left the media area uh-huh. to, to go downstairs to, to Nick Nurse's press conference. Yeah. And right, so the Raptors made their run. Very divergent uh, experiences for the two of us. So the majority of the game... We're sitting in the press box. I'm not going to lie. At certain points, this game was so nasty. You whipped up your laptop and you're like, I have a book to write. <laughs> I'm going to write about the 1995-1996 Toronto Raptors. Yeah, I'm going to write about another team that won 21 games. Oh, no. Come on, oh, man. No, they really said 21. Can you do something <laughs> for me? That's tough. Um, we're going to kill this joke, and we already have. But um, <laughs> Yeah, you took... I killed it, and then you took it. Yeah, I revived so. it, and then killed it again. It's all good, man. We'll get through Just this. like the Raptors last night with the game. Oh, um, boy. You oh, boy. literally mm. whipped out your... PDFs and started writing your stuff. And then mm. as, you know, you do, um, you know, roughly around like the two, three minute mark, usually around the last time out, depending on sort of how the game, if the game's already secured, which last night the game felt like secured. Yeah, you just want to go just, downstairs. You go downstairs. Avoid right? the crowd. And it takes a long for time next, for the elevator to get up there. For an expressor. Yeah. yeah. And you want to make sure you're in position because you're a huge yeah. pro and you love going to the press conference. That's right. right? So, so, uh, so 40 seconds left. Uh, you know, I said goodbye to you. Wait, you only know? 40 seconds? Yeah. yeah there's oh, wow. four, there's okay. 40 seconds, like 40, 50 seconds. They were down 11. Yeah. Uh, I think I think the Bucks were going to, to to shoot free throws. I head downstairs. There's still a bit of a wait to get downstairs. I go to the media room where there's a TV there. Yeah. By the time I get there, it's a three point game. Yes. So yes. I, I think I miss like that six point play. I miss all of that. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Meanwhile, I mm-hmm. was up there mm-hmm. with Lee Ban and Jr. Yeah. And we were going nuts. Right. Like we didn't believe that they were really to make this comeback. Yeah. But we were going nuts at every single play. Right. You know what I mean? You were the fans who left early to avoid traffic. Yeah. And I was the fan who was like, I paid $200 <laughs> or $300 for this. I need to see every yeah. moment of it. So, yeah, yeah. So, so I'm in the media room, and that's when the that's when Pascal forces that turnover. Yes, yes. And now I'm like, oh, damn. So then you actually came all the way back upstairs. No, no. So what I did was I went to the tunnel okay. on, on the floor level. 
Oh, and I the, walked the Messiah out Bobby spot? the other side. So I walked okay. out in uh, like out into the tunnel, and I was basically kind of behind the the Bucks bench. Got you, got you. And that's where I watched what Gary was the Bucks, shot. What was the Bucks bench saying? Um, Give me a AJ Green's reaction. Yeah, I think they just all like put their hands on their head, and and you know when Gary hit the shot, it was just everyone was just in shock. Yeah. No, Gary hit two shots. He had a six point play. Because yeah, Grayson but this Allen was his game. To... This was his game tying shot. So yes. he tied it. Yeah. And I found out too. All the media members were watching in in the in the press room. Yeah, no, I totally get it. Because the game it. was over. Again, yeah. that's that's how it goes. Over. Like you really have to make no, that, those business decisions. No, you talk about you talk about the start of the game being historic. The end of the game was also. So historic. was the end of the game, and yeah. the middle was a nothing burger. Oh, and the, the, I t- I'm, again, the amount of times you just kept saying this is a prison ball, and then <laughs> no, turned like, back to writing is, about like, no, like this I don't is. Know. David Stoudemire. This, this is funny. a nothing. This this was a nothing burger game for the whole time. Yeah. But, I mean, a historic start and a historic comeback. Mm-hmm. They had 12 points in the first, like, 15 minutes of the game and somehow had 28 points in the last three minutes to make the comeback. But then they go into overtime, and it was kind of like back to the start of the game, I guess. Yep. Both teams were struggling to score. Yep. And and then on, on the game deciding play, you know, Giannis drives to the basket. Five guys converge. Five guys Five converge. Guys and I, this is why I feel a little bit bad because I think when you only see it once or twice when you're in the arena and then you go live on the show and you really just describe what happened, my my thinking was Fred pulled off the shooter. He shouldn't have done that. Mm. His, his help did not affect the play ultimately, and it left the shooter wide open. And, of course, he holds some responsibility for that. It's a huge play that you didn't make at the end of the game, right? I, I think I called it in the post-game reaction podcast um, defensive hero ball, right? Right. And I recalled the other time where it happened against Brooklyn this year, like way back in October. Um, But then when I watched the playback a hundred times, because, you know, it was on social all the time, I realized that every single Raptor left every single shooter open and that if Giannis had passed it a different direction, which also he didn't, right? But everyone else made that same decision. So I don't want to single out Fred for that play because I think that would be a little bit unfair in terms of his defensive decision. However, ultimately, you have to stay at least somewhat in your shooter. If you're going to help and come over and commit to that, I get it. It's a tra- You're trying to win the game. You're trying to force a turnover, which is apparently the only way the Raptors get stops these days. But you need to then get the turnover. You cannot come over and do that and then not even affect the passing angle because Fred ultimately comes and helps. He's on uh, the outside of Giannis, whereas Giannis wraps around baseline. And it's a phenomenal pass. Right, and I gave Giannis tons of credit for it because over the course of the game, the number of errant passes this guy was, this guy just whips the ball. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't he hit one of the Raptors coaches? He literally smoked Jamal McGlure yeah. in the face with a pass in the second row of this because Jamal is not the first row coaches, right? That's Nick, that's Earl Watson, that's you right. know, uh, Trevor Gleason. That's you know, tier one. Yeah, yeah. no, he, he smoked the tier two media member. He, he like honestly, the next pass from Giannis would have hit us in the six hundreds. Like he was throwing that thing all over the place, except yeah. for when it really mattered on the last play. That was a beautiful pass, a man. beautiful strike. He's falling out of bounds he's, too. He's got five guys on, and him. he's falling out of bounds. It literally looked like that infamous photo of Liverpool trying to defend Lionel Messi, which by uh, the way, four uh, 0 Ah, okay. Yeah. But anyway, like that that was a bad play. Yeah. And then offensively, and, you were like, okay, the Raptors now need three to tie this game. And I'm just like, look, I know we just saw some miracles, but this three ain't coming. Because as soon as the Raptors drew up their play, when they have Fred by themselves in the backcourt, I'm like, okay, this play is for, this, this, this play is for Fred. Mm-hmm. The inbound is Scotty. We've seen this play a million times with DeMar, with JV, with Kyle, with whoever, right? We've seen it. I've seen it with Patrick Patterson before, right? So I know exactly what this, this play is going to come up. 
Um, and then Fred rushes in the front court. The Bucks really switched everything and defended it really well. And then Fred ultimately has to throw up a, a last-second prayer just to avoid the shot clock violation. Yeah. Throws it up against Bobby Portis, and of course, it had no chance of going in. And yeah, I mean, we're back here again. You know, the fan base is um, looking for people to blame. I, I totally get it. It was a frustrating game, but uh, ultimately, for me, I'm just like, man, this, the chaos of this season and just how much negativity and how much people are looking to blame. I, I get it, man. I, I totally get it. That's probably the only way to cope, but. It's it's almost to me like if you're going to at least survive the rest of this season and if you're going to go in a tanking direction, probably the rest of the next season and the next two, three seasons, it, just getting into camps and sort of blaming people is just, I don't know. It's not probably not ultimately that productive. You know, I, I think that, and again, like that's not me trying to say no one should blame Fred or anything like that. You should hold Fred accountable for the fact that he left the shooter wide open and then missed the three right afterwards, right? But yeah, I mean, it, it's it's tough. And you can look at a lot of guys. I thought Pascal had his worst game of the season. Yeah, 4 of 18. 4 of 18. And it's not to say that, okay, just go out there and dominate Giannis and, and Brooke Lopez. Right? Like, that's about as hard of a defense as it is. But to me, when I watched it, there were some... And honestly, he actually got a lot of good looks off, like contested rush looks, but he's been so good around the basket. He just missed a lot of shots. But it was kind of striking to me, and one of my takeaways from watching just really briefly the film today, because I couldn't really stomach watching the whole game again, mm. was just like how easily Scotty was able to, or not how easily, but how composed Scotty was in his drives in the fourth quarter in overtime. And obviously, he had zero points for the first 42 minutes, and then he really turned it on and started scoring. How composed and how much strength and how strong he went up with some of his takes against a Brooke Lopez, against a Giannis, versus when Pascal was trying to. Um, do his sort of moves. Mm -hmm. And to me, it was like one thing that even though we all know Pascal is much more advanced as a scorer, as a creator of shots at the rim this season uh, as compared to Scotty, but Pascal still sometimes will go through more of the out quicker guy, you know, jump off the wrong foot, throw up the quick shot or spin around. Right. And that just leads to a lot of more like less controlled shots. Whereas with Scotty, he really only has like one or two moves around the basket in the sense that like he's really looking to use that hook shot. Most of the buckets he scored last night was the hook shot. He makes in a floater. You got a little put back layup and stuff like that. All that other stuff is, is there for him. I'm not saying he only has that hook shot, but that's primarily what he looks for. But the way he gets to the rim where he's able to, obviously last night, as we completely anticipated, Brooke Lopez sagged off him the whole game, right? Yeah. And to be honest, you would have wanted to see him attack a lot more. And this is an a thing where it's it's to me it's not a nick thing it's not a teammates thing when everyone's struggling on offense you got to do whatever it is to be aggressive and try to break that deadlock right and i just didn't see that push from scotty he wasn't affecting the defense and he wasn't really parlaying that advantage off i thought in the indiana game he started slow as well but he was generating space for other guys because he was looking to initiate this game i didn't feel like he was looking to he didn't put enough pressure on the defense for me despite the way he was being covered and he should be the one putting that defense on that the pressure on the defense because he's getting ignored. But in the fourth quarter, when he started eliminating the space, going at Lopez, and it wasn't like he was blowing past him. It wasn't like he was just dunking on him. But the way he's able to throw his shoulder into a guy like Brooke Lopez, who is genuinely a defensive player of the year candidate, and he did such a good job affecting and forcing misses out of Pascal, the way Scotty was able to just bump Brooke Lopez, one of the strongest defenders in the league, and still go out for calm composed hook shots is an actual eye-opening piece of talent for me that a really gifted scorer like Pascal Siakam, who has worked his way to getting to be this craft, crafty and all that kind of stuff, struggled more with that coverage 
than a guy like Scotty, who obviously isn't nearly as far along the developmental curve because he hasn't had the same time. But he still has that raw, basic talent of saying, even though I have less tools to work with, I can get the shot off. And to me, that was one of the bigger differences. And it was just like, if you could have taken Pascal's aggressiveness and the way Pascal tried to own the whole situation and look, it's my team, we're struggling. I got to do something to get us out of it. If Scotty showed more of that initiative earlier in the game, mm. you would have wanted to see that. And I think from Pascal's perspective, you want you would have wanted to see more of that composed strength element that Scotty showed in his finishes at the basket. I was curious to think about like what what you thought of the two guys. Yeah, I think you know, I don't know, like what, what I don't know just what the cause of. I think just too many games for Scotty this year, where it feels like he's just taking a long time in game to to kind of figure things out. Um, and I don't, I don't know what the cause of that is. Like, it just seems like he's well, always trying to c- kind of problem solve. And then the problem solving comes in like the second half of games. Is Do you think it's, cause I think that's, that's one part of it, right? Like he maybe tries to suss out how the game is going sure. and see where it fits. I think the other part, I think some people have pointed to is, you know, is Nick not doing a better job of getting him involved? To be honest, I thought Scotty got the ball plenty in, in terms of just over the flow of the game, mm-hmm. he just wasn't even looking at the rim. To be honest, it was, and a lot of people commented on how weird the atmosphere in the arena was last night. And it was weird. Like, obviously, I mean, the Raptors also played terribly. So people were like, what are we watching? Mm. Okay, when you shoot two of 30, I can't blame anyone for being like, this is weird. Um, but it was weird to me that in the fourth quarter, when Scotty was still stuck on zero, that there were moments where he held the ball at the top of the floor and the crowd was getting antsy. They were like, shoot. Right. You could hear like murmurs of people saying, shoot. Mm-hmm. Right. And and so I think for me, it's just like, especially in this offense and sure, like Nick can call an outright post up and put him. But he doesn't do that for most of mm-hmm. the game. That's actually not how he managed the rest of the game. And if you want to say that that's how he should manage the whole team, I wouldn't disagree with you. The Raptors offense can need whatever direction it gets. But there's so many opportunities in this offense where especially when they're doing dribble handoffs and it includes Scotty on the top of the floor. He has that option to drive an attack every single time. If Brooke Lopez has a hard time containing you at the rim mm. on drives, then you should be driving at 99.9% of NBA players. Mm. Right? If Miles Turner, another really good shot blocker, struggles to contend with your shots and your drives at the end of a game, you should do that over the course of the game. And again, I, I don't think the whole game needs to come down to, okay, Scotty Barnes drives at Brooke Lopez one-on-one and scores a hook shot over it. I do think the Bucks will eventually adjust and bring a help and all that other stuff. But I, I do think that there was a... there is It's something where... You could put it a little bit on coaching. You could put it a little bit on his teammates or whatever. But ultimately, the responsibility comes down, to me at least, for Scotty to see that kind of defense and just say, screw it. You know, like, you want me to take this shot? No, I won't take this shot but because I know I'm not great at the, the catch and shoot three so, or even the pull-up three-point shooting. Or even if you leave me wide open, I'm not great at just catching and shooting that shot because it's a harder shot than most players, I think. It, it, looks, it looks harder. It is harder than it looks is the point, right? But it's up to him ultimately to take that responsibility on and show that aggression. And it's a mindset thing. And it's like, if you can do that more over the course of the game, and that's where the maturation for a 21-year-old has to come in. This is not like, I've seen even theories, you know, like there's like a pecking order kind of thing. Shouts to Real GM for that one. But it's like, it's not that. It's it For him, he has the advantage and he's got to go take it. And what was disappointing to me watching the first half was, even though the Raptors were struggling so much on offense, the the, the lack of ownership of OG and and a lack of ownership from Scotty Barnes to take on that responsibility of we're going to get out and push this car. I didn't see that. I saw Fred try to do that. I saw Pascal do it. They, they were at their limits, and they are at their limits. And ultimately, as players, sometimes, un, un, 
And Pascal keeps reinventing his limit a little bit, but we still saw the limits of that. I wanted to see the other guys come out and own it as well. Gary was owning it as well. He just wasn't making shots either. You can't disengage from the offense. And I'm really happy that he was re-engaged. And I hope when he watches the film of what he did, he, he might realize, I have this advantage all the time. And I want to distribute. I want to create. Those are aspects that all the coaches and all the players want to see continue. But that scoring element, especially on this team, especially on that night when no one could throw the ball into the ocean, that he can try to take over a little bit sooner. That invitation is always there. Like, if you ask Nick Nurse, he has Nick, like, Scotty has the green light all the time to attack and drive. Mm. So it's, I, I do think that he can get more of that. But, you know. Yeah. I mean, Bench, Bench gave you seven points again last night. And, I mean, I don't know, man. I don't know what else to say about this roster. Yeah. I mean, we've highlighted the inconsistencies, you know, the players underperforming, I think. 16 and 22 on the season. Yeah. Oh, no. I mean, so. if you, I, for me, like, this is where, again, divergent paths, because, um, for me, after I did the reaction podcast last night, and I think I went live until about 11.15, maybe 11.20-ish. And typically what happened afterwards is I would pack up all my stuff, and me and producer JR would walk to Union Station, and we'd take the you know subway home and stuff like that, right? And usually on the subway, I'm writing down 10 things, and I'm like, you know, I usually get through like eight or nine of those before I get home. Um, so last night, didn't write 10 things because mm. I didn't think it was necessary. And second of all, I don't think I was even in a good, like, emotional space because as a fan, because we joke about this sometimes with Matt Devlin, you know, every time he comes up, he's like, are you okay, son, and all that kind of yeah, stuff. were you not okay? I was sure. not okay. I literally yeah, sat man. up there. JR's like, yo, we're going to the, we're going to Union? And I'm like, nah, man, Damn. I'm going to just sit here. Yeah. I'm going to just, and I just sat in that empty arena with all the people who were just, the staffers just working in the arena to clean up all the mess and sort of, you know, install the hockey, yeah. you know, all that stuff. I was just sitting in that arena for 30 minutes afterwards, just by myself, just thinking about how that game went. Yeah. And you know what? It, it did feel a little bit silly as like a grown 30 year old to just be like, yeah, I'm really sad about my basketball team <laughs> loss. 30 now. But like, man, like I, I was devastated after that kind of game. Like, of it's just such an emotional roller coaster. And at the end of it, you think about it, and there's no other conclusion other than the Raptors just aren't good enough. Yeah, that, that's the hardest thing. There's no thing. other conclusion. It's the hardest thing to kind of accept that about the When team you try your very best, and, and you don't succeed. And it's still not good enough. No, it's true, though. <laughs> nah, man. It's, it's time for Messiah and Bobby to put on play. Fix You, man. <laughs> show us a cold play. Yeah, no, yeah. I trust me. I hear you. It's, it's, been a really, yeah. it's been a really frustrating season. And I think, you know, aside from the excitement of the comeback in the last minute yesterday, you know, yesterday's game has revealed what I think we've seen in the past four or five weeks uh, about this team. And, and it's, I, I think, it reached a point probably for you. And, mm -hmm. and I think a lot of people are aware that, you know, yeah. This team's not good enough. Um, yeah, the Raptors scored 101 points in regulation plus overtime on 116 shots. Yeah, well. How is that even possible? Trade deadline is February 9th. February 9th. One month away. So coming soon. Let's see what happens. Yeah. Man. Yeah. You're okay, though. Damn. Yeah. No, no. I'm, I'm okay. The morning after, I'm actually fine. Yeah. I went to see a good friend of mine, shout out Jessica, nice. uh, from high school, and we caught up, and we had jianbing. Oh, okay. nice. Yeah. You know, we had a very, beige, Chinese we had a very Beijing they breakfast. It Chinese pancakes? That's how they advertise it, right? The yeah, Chinese is, crepe. The thing is, a crepe is a really bad way to describe jianbing because a crepe is almost all, like, to me at least, a crepe is usually, like, a, a sweet item. Right. And uh, Chinese crepes are exclusively savory. Um, yeah, so well, I had like a spicy crawfish crepe, which was actually oh, quite nice. Oh, that sounds great, man. Then I had, um, 
again, I don't know how to say this really um, yeah. in, in English, like a tofu soup, I suppose. Okay. But in Chinese, it's tofu no. Everyone knows what this oh, is. Oh, this, sounds, from the this north. sounds like an X-Man meal to me right oh, now. Oh, <laughs> man, I was having the X-Man breakfast banter with Jessica. coming soon. Oh, the banter pod's going to be elite, by the way. The worst rappers get, the banter pod gets so <laughs> Introducing much the X-Man. What was the discussion about cheesecake yesterday in the media room? Uh, yeah, um, yeah. The, the, so I, maybe he's listening, maybe he's not, but my friend Natty was telling me on New Year's Eve that a cheesecake is actually not a cake. When oh. you really think about it, it's not a cake, it's a tart. Yeah, that's cool. Maybe All we'll right, discuss that with Lindsay. Yeah, actually, save that for February 10th, yeah. Yeah. Save that for after the trade deadline. Anyways, Raptors lose 104-101. Yeah, they lose again. And to be Normal honest, we, we, score. no one wants. It's one of those games where it's like you watch that and you see them lose and you see them struggle like that and you're like, I want to see something different. And that probably means I want to see different players. And Bobby and Masai were in that tunnel, man. I, I kept looking over at them. They're in that tunnel at the start of the game. And they're watching 0-15 from the field. You think they're Rob watching... Palenko was texting Bobby being like, yo. Well, you just kept saying Bobby was on his phone the whole time. <laughs> I mean, they're on their phone all the time at this time. So there's no, like, speculation about yeah. it. Yeah. But I just I just like to think that Rob Palenko was like, you still had zero points. Sure, you don't want to bring OG into these conversations. Yeah, well... <laughs> You know, I just wonder if GMs troll other GMs. Oh, are you like, kidding me? Like, you I have to, man. I, that would be so fun. Yeah. To to just hear about. Anyways, as, as you always tried to say to Bobby in the off season, when you yeah. whenever you ran into him, yeah. show me your phone. Remember when, when the KD rumors are happening and you literally pulled up on him and were like, show me your phone. He was trying to dap us up and say hi. And you're like, no, show me your phone. Yeah, and we he haven't, literally left. We haven't talked since. Coincidence? Who knows? Yeah. yeah. Well, all right. We're going to take a break. I'm your host, Willu. That's Alex Wong. You're listening to The Raptor Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Have you checked out BetRivers yet? Download the BetRivers online casino and sportsbook app today. Get in the action this basketball season with thousands of betting options. Plus, don't forget about BetRivers sportsbook award-winning customer service. It's a whole new game with BetRivers online casino and sportsbook. Must be 19 plus. Available in Ontario only. Please play responsibly. If you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, please contact Connects Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge discussing the biggest stories that matter to toronto sports fans the fan morning show with alish forfar and justin cuthbert subscribe and download the show on apple spotify or wherever you get your podcasts welcome back to the raptor show on the sports radio network i'm your host Wim Lou. i continue to be joined by Producer and co-host Alex Wong, and we are joined in studio by Lindsay Dunn of City News, right on the program. What's going on, Lindsay? Just loving some great basketball that we had mm. <laughs> yesterday. Excellent I'm basketball. So sorry. <laughs> Excellent. Oh wow, I still can't believe that we witnessed that moment in Raptors history. I, I'm sure people in in the states were also like, I can't believe what I'm seeing. I think Joel Embiid literally said, "This is like." Yeah, he was like, "What's going on?" Yeah, Joel Embiid was looking at the game like. I, I, you know, Joel hates the Toronto Raptors. You know that, and this this only reinforced that notion. <laughs> oh, <sighs> it was. What do you think Serge was thinking watching that man? Okay, we didn't even get to this. The yeah, tribute, so what happened yesterday? So Serge got his tribute video at the Sec- start of the second quarter. Second tribute video now for Serge Ibaka because when the Clippers came to Toronto last season, MT Arena, MT Arena, they mm-hmm. showed the tribute video for I guess the the staff. I clapped. Yep. Oh, you I were there? there. Okay. Like, okay. So it was weird. Um, mm. He saw that one. This one, at the end of the first quarter, the Raptors showed the tribute video again, which, Alex, what was in that tribute video? Uh, it was 80% off-court content. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It was like <laughs> highlights of like Serge hitting threes and dunking. Somehow and then, him, his three over Ben Simmons. 
Yeah, I was waiting didn't for make, that. Didn't make it into the clip, so I don't understand. That's the biggest shot Serge has ever hit for us. Uh, obviously, tons of big plays, but it was 80% like Serge wearing long trench coats. And and scarf, talking about art. Yeah. Yeah. And it was a great tribute video, and the arena's getting ready to stand up and applaud Serge Ibaka. He wasn't there. He literally wasn't. What happened? Do you know the story, Lindsay? Like, why was he in there? Like, it added to the weirdness that happened in that first quarter of just nobody making baskets. And, hey, let's stand up for Serge. And then they couldn't find him on the bench he to put him there. on there. And so I'm laughing. So I'm like, what's happening? And I yeah. heard that they couldn't find him. And so at this point, I'm laughing so hard. I'm crying. Like, there's no way this is real life right now. This is we're watching a comedy. Yeah. Somebody is punking us or whatever right now. But, like, that just added to it all. Feel bad for Serge. So they're going to they gonna have to sh- make another have to do it. highlight video for Serge <laughs> the next time he's here and force him to watch it. Because they, I guess the Raptors won 0 of 24 from the, fir- the first quarter last oh. night because they missed Serge as Damn. well. Wow. <laughs> the, the no, I feel, bad, I feel bad for Serge because he would have gotten a huge ovation. I know. On the Jumbotron. Where was he? He was probably in the back like working out or something. Riding a bike. <laughs> He's like, I know I'm not going to play He's today. shooting Why? another episode uh, of one know. of his shows. Yeah, no, Jordy, if you're listening, tell me. No, it's actually. Like, give us the tea. Yeah, Rollson made it into the highlight videos. That was the yeah, Rollson did as well. Yeah. So, yeah, that was, was cool. interesting, too, though. You're right, though. I was like, there's so much happening, not basketball yeah. related, in that yeah. tribute video, which was kind of rare. It's like, eh, but I think yeah, that's where Serge really him. made his mark oh, with the fan base. Sure, too, totally. Right? When the pandemic hit, he did that Instagram live all the time. With, oh, like, yeah. When he was right. working out was, like, at home, too. Did he host yeah. a variety show? He did. And yeah. it was, mm. you know, people, I think, either won money or something like that. So yeah. he kept people engaged. So a lot of people that didn't even like basketball liked him because of this. Yeah, show us a search. Yeah, weird night. <laughs> weird it night. I've never just... seen a tribute video for a guy who was in the building, just wasn't physically on the bench for the tribute. I'm sorry. Do it again one more time, man. Third time's a charm. Was that the weirdest Raptors game? That had to be, right? Of the season? Because I know we were talking off air quickly just about when the, when the building caught on fire last year when they played the Pacers. Uh-huh. So I've that covered strange. the team eight years in person. Yeah. And the fire last year like that you're wondering like what is happening right now this is crazy and we were able to stay and watch the game and that was interesting but this by far was the weirdest game that uh, nba game that i've ever witnessed because both teams just missing so many shots and then Mm -hmm. probably one of the worst games i've ever seen then it goes to overtime from like gary hitting that and then it's like brick city again Mm. and it's just i've never seen so many missed shots And I honestly, I hope we never see that again. As funny as it was in the moment, because, hey, the Raptors didn't score for, what, like six minutes to start the game, and then they score in a free throw, and the crowd goes nuts when Pascal hits it. And, of course, he split the free throws, too. That's how hungry people were. Yeah, it was 7-1. I took a screenshot of the scoreboard, because I don't think I'm ever going to see that again. No, I hope hope we never do. I was like, just put the giant Raptor mascot in there at this point. Yeah, I honestly think. I, I really don't think. You guys or any of us ever going to see a game start and finish like that? Yeah. Like ever again. Um, so not, that's why we do this, you not, know? Not, not even trying to slander the team, but do you think, you know, because the Raptor mascot does the, the half-court shot where he flips it over his head? No, what are we If doing you gave there? the Raptor 23 half-court overhead shots, do you think he would have made more than two? Yes. Okay, so. Yeah. We could probably get him to try it. I, that should be the next halftime show. By the way, the halftime show, shout out to Simon Says. That was a really good halftime show. Oh, that's the first time you've seen him? That's the first I time I've seen him. Yeah. He's I thought pretty he popular. was so mean yesterday. Oh, yeah. yeah. He was getting he was people aggressive. out for nothing. He was yeah. calling them up for nothing that I was in shock. But it was still fun. I could never do that. I obviously would have been out at the, like, the first moment where he's like, put your hands up. I would have put my hands up. Oh, yeah. I'm the worst at that game. Yeah.
just added also him and how mean I thought he was added to the whole game experience. Yeah, yeah. wonderful game. But I will game. say the only time, like, sometimes after the game, like, there can be a beer involved when you're writing your post game or whatever is happening. Sure. Only once have ever taken that. And that mm. was when the fire happened because mm, it's right. like, what is happening right yeah. now? Yesterday, after that first quarter, I'm like, today I would love to have a beer. But like, mm. I don't drink because if I sniff alcohol, like I'm three sheets to the wind. I can't handle my alcohol, but it was, that was. Wait, hold on. What does three sheets to the wind mean? You're yeah. just loaded. Oh, okay. Yeah. Also, a great learning. Is, is, yeah. is this a Saskatchewan thing? I heard it in a yeah. great country song by the Holy Gamblers. And okay. all of the, and so the I Holy think so. Gamblers. No, man, I, That's I, us right here. Shouts <laughs> and it's Esmer. No, I just went yeah. back to ESL real quick. Actually, I was like, wait, huh? Yeah, what, a, how does Canada work? Yeah, there's a bank called Holy Gamblers. Oh. <gasps> Specs. Yeah. Anyways, more good news. Uh, Pascal, all-star voting. First fan returns are out. Yes. Pascal Siakam is sixth amongst the Eastern Conference front court. So, yeah. uh, vote more. I mean, Use the hashtag more. I mean, I, I think... Yeah, I, I, obviously, you would probably want to see that number higher. But at the same time, like, the ranking-wise, six, like, it doesn't – it's not out of line. Obviously, Jimmy Butler has a lot of fans. He's been a star for a longer time. Mm-hmm. And he's done some incredible things over the course of his career. Um, Jason Tatum being ahead of him, Joel Embiid, Giannis, and Kevin Durant as the top four. Like, there's nobody should crack that list. I mean, we all know those are better players than Pascal Siakam. Yeah, I think we all know. I think Pascal Pascal will be there, but it'll be there as a reserve I, I as, a, so as a coach's yeah. selection. But man, I mean, when you look at it though, like the the list of fours in the Eastern Conference is just unfair, man. Like unfair. Yeah, not to be <laughs> not to be Magic Johnson, but you know, looking at this list, there's just a lot of talent in the league right now. No, there really is. <laughs> uh, like it's great reference. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, Anyways, how do you think we can get more votes for Pascal? If if you were to sort of. The thing, is, the thing is, I feel like Pascal's campaign. Pascal's fandom is very contained within just, like, the Raptors. Sure. Yeah. Whereas a lot of these other players, like, you know, you can't compare them to, like, a Giannis or KD. But like, oh, they have, that, like, the, signature shoes. No, but stuff. these are, yeah. like, international stars, and they've got fans outside of just the teams that they play for. Well, I saw someone come to the game last night with a big Cameroonian flag. Shout out to him. Oh, okay. But I think Pascal's fan base is very contained. I agree. Like, yeah. within, like, the Raptors fan base. But we've also seen the Raptors, like, vote people in before. Remember when yeah. Justin Bieber and Drake were kind of Yeah, yeah, when the team, when the team was for, good. Voting for Kyle and DeMar. Yeah. I think that's the part, too. That's the part, Who right? Who would the Biebs vote for this year? What's up, what's up with Justin Bieber these days? I don't hear much from him. Man. <laughs> He's at the Leafs game randomly sometime. Really? Maybe he'll be there tonight, but... It's it, like with Giannis, something also like we see more of their personality sometimes. Like I love the dad joke thing that he's been doing a oh, post game. Yeah. Some people hate that. And I think that's no, hilarious. Yeah, so then great. that also appeals to your right, mm-hmm. the fan base outside of the Raptors. Yeah. It's, it's, it's hard being funny in a second language. Like if I were to tell a joke in Chinese, it wouldn't hit. So, oh, okay. Yeah. Just try that you on the banter pod. No. no. Actually, <laughs> well, actually, no. you know what? Banter pod, I might try it. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're down for anything right now. I'm down for anything not. Just not watching that game yesterday. That game is so bad. I'm sorry. If people wanted to tank after the game, completely understand. No, we legit using this segment just to like chat with you. Just make you feel better and stuff. Should have brought it. I could have brought in Matt Devlin too. You know, Matt Devlin's always (laughs) just like, are you okay, Will? I didn't want to go. Worry about your mental state. I didn't want to go get a bubble tea today. I thought about you after. It's like, I hope he's okay. I I hope you're okay. I was. It was was funny when you think of it. (laughs) He has one. He has one of these once a year. Yeah. Let it go, man. No. It, it happens. Let this be the one. It, no, it happens once a year. You can't make this whole team your life and then not go up and downs with, with the team. Yeah. No, we have this conversation once a year. Yeah. But it's just basketball. It's all good, man. Yeah. Anyways, uh, Gary Trent Jr., you know, hit the game tying three. That's right. Last night. Moment. Very exciting. And I, and I know, Lindsay, you know, you recently had a chance to, to chat with Gary about his, uh, his fashion. 
Uh, before we dive into some of these things, you know, let us know, like, how, how did this, uh, you know, idea come about? And then, you know, how did it go when, when you met up with them at practice? Thank you for asking, because I'll be honest, I was terrified to do this interview when I pitched it. Mm. The reason I thought about it is a long time ago, he had this photo on his Instagram of him when he was younger wearing this like little blue suit. And I thought, I was like, that's adorable. And then I saw that, you know, he enjoys expressing himself. He's very fashion. intentional yeah, with his yeah, dressing. Yeah. yeah. And so I was like, hey, I'm going to try it. And mm. there was a point in November I wanted to do this, but he was getting some pretty harsh media right. and some comments that it did not suit the time. And it was like, it was right after Christmas. And like, once again, everything's derailed when the team is not good. Oh, I remember this. It <laughs> yeah. Was, was it not on Boxing Day? I think I was at the practice too yeah, that day. Yeah. yeah. And so I right. thought I would try this. Yeah. And I told my camera guy and the op uh, audio guy had, like, I have a feeling this is either going to really bomb because mm. why would they be in the mood to talk about this right yeah. now? I want to get to know Gary. It's mm. not just about fashion. I want to know some more of his personality because for the most part, if you watch post games, he's not very uh. vocal. I'm like, and I get it. Why would you want to talk to me or half of us half the time when we ask questions? Yeah. And so I could see him not wanting to come do the interview. And I whispered to the camera guy, I'm like, oh, this is not going to go well. He does not want to do this. So he comes over and I just was straight with him like, Gary, I'll be honest. I just want to have fun and talk to you about this. Mm -hmm. I am, this is like a safe space, but I will be honest. We're going to talk about fashion. I have no idea if the terms are clean, fit, drip, whatever it right, is. And right. he just broke down laughing. Yeah. I was like, oh, quote, like Walt Frazier, you've been styling and profiling. I just want you to talk about it. Yeah. And I think that well, broke the ice for him. to the wind yeah. type joint. It just means you're really loaded. Like you're gone. <laughs> really? You've yeah, had too many uh, beverages, some bubblies, whatever you want. Like if you're yeah. drunk. Our, our producer says it's a reference to sales. Oh. Like three sales. Okay, I don't well now I know this. Yeah. I've just known as you being tanked. Yeah. We're learning a lot here today. Okay. Yeah. So it's a barn burner. Uh, yes, I've barn always burner. been trying to figure that one out too. Yes, I didn't have that. Yeah. I'm sorry. Sorry. Anyways, so, so, yeah. so you were you were describing so all the terms. I was terrified, and yeah. so he comes up, and then finally, I just show him the first photo on an iPad, and it's him when he was younger having mm. this, and I was like, mm. "Tell me what baby Gary was thinking," <laughs> and that like just broke him down. And I thought it was fun. There's so much yeah. parts that didn't air in it, like we spoke about his pregame fits in Montreal or what he was like as a kid, because like. Were you a shy kid? Yeah. Was like, he a shy kid? No. He said mm. I would talk so much they actually would tell him to shut up. And he had a lot of energy. and was like the life yeah. of the party and super energetic. And I thought that this interview, and the only reason it was anything is because Gary let himself right. be Gary. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the side of him we're not seeing is he is pretty outgoing. He likes to joke. He has some dance moves that every once in a while he'll sure, show. Yeah. So thankfully, Gary was open to the idea and he just broke down some of his outfits and kind of made fun of the fact I had an iPad. <laughs> I loved every moment. He's, but after he's like 23, I'm sorry. <laughs> it was and it was great just yeah. to have a conversation with him. Like we actually spoke for 10 minutes and there wasn't a lull and there was a lot of laughter and he mm -hmm. says like he likes to express himself through fashion because you know when you're on the court like you can express yourself so much but that's kind of the only other moment. Yeah. where you can kind of let people see that you're you, and he dresses to how he feels that day. Yeah, no, the personality, I think, really shines through both in the interview, which I think is a great job by you, because obviously, as you mentioned, he is very reserved in a lot of interviews. So getting him to open up was really awesome to see. We got to understand and know Gary more, which is, I will say, I've always complimented you on this. I really do think that you get us closer to the athletes and the players, which is just, you know, from one journalist to another, like, just a really great job on that. But also, I think that, like, you, your approach to it really made 
you know, that space for Gary where he was really comfortable talking about it. And, you know, I, I think, yeah, for a lot of people following the sports, I know people are like, let's tank, let's do this. And this, and I get it, man. I'm very <laughs> hardcore about this too. But I think for a lot of people, they're like, let's follow this team. And I like them as human beings. Mm. And I think it's always very cool when the players show and express their personalities. And in the case of Gary, I think for a lot of NBA stars, because we see a lot of NBA guys really dress up now, mm-hmm. they have stylists. But Gary says he's got no stylist. Yeah, which that was one of the questions I was like, do you have a stylist? Yeah. Like, I know. How he, do you have time to how get do you have this time? towel over your, your yourself and decide on that's what I'm going to wear tonight? I tried to, like, I actually messaged Alex before. I'm like, I don't know how to approach this because some of the looks, like, fashion is so subjectable. Like, people hate what I wear half the time. And I'm like, I don't care. I Go subscribe I mean, you, to, like, you, you www.idoncare.com. Like, yeah, no, we're just talking Lindsay right Dunn fits. Yeah. <laughs> like Willow fits. Uh, Follow Willow fits. Oh right. my gosh. On IG. Yes. Yeah, just don't it's respond. Don't don't DM me. Don't it's DM gonna, him it's all the time. He'll respond. <laughs> if he responds, if not, people just get mad at you. From, yeah. You know, we'll see. Yeah. But I I just thought it was interesting. And that one look, like he, it was in Philly where he had the poncho. Right? The poncho from Kensington Marketing. He talks about how he thrift shops. Like I personally thought it looked like he took the carpet that Aladdin and Jasmine were wearing or <laughs> like on in that movie, Magic Carpet and Aladdin, yeah, and he yeah, put yeah, it over yeah, him. That's a legit a three sheet to the wind. <laughs> yeah. No, he was wearing three sheets to the game. <laughs> Oh and so God. it's like it's just no that was a really cool uh that was a really cool tidbit and for people that that want to check out actually the video and then the photos and the articles go go to lindsey dunn's twitter you know lindsey dunn of tv course. or go to city news just look up the gary Trent jr i think you should check it out but yeah the kensington okay uh, so market Alex, since you you also do a lot of vintage shopping what what store was that people want to know yeah. i don't know what the store is but i think um there's there's a lot of good spots at kensington there's like a vintage depot where you can find a lot of this kind of old kind of specific things um and you can do like diy stuff with it um you know you think gary cut because he probably bought the rug and he cut the yeah and and listen i have literally seen gary like in that area yes and he's a very like noticeable person especially when he's wearing a head-to-toe camouflage (laughs) bape Like that's well, Gary. Fair, Trent. There's a lot of Asians in that area, so he won't be the only one. <laughs> you know what? He does. You know, if he if, if he, he throws fits on, on Spadina, if he throws on the off white belt and then the the Balenciaga shoes, then he would fit right in. But <laughs> nah, I, he looked like everybody at Heidi Lau. Just Heidi Lau. But yeah, like I, I've literally yeah. seen him in that area, yeah. so it checks out that that he he shops there, and I think it's cool because, uh, like again, like you talked about how like a lot of guys now have like stylists and stuff. Yeah, and it's cool that he just like gives his own thought and creativity to mm-hmm. it. Yeah. And it's something he enjoys, right? Like I, I think oh, very much so. Because I think a lot of NBA guys too these days, and and I don't know if Gary's part of this, but it's like they they want to do it for the attention too, right? Yeah. Because there's a lot of accounts that'll feature them, and then you know yeah, you get sure. you get spotlighted and stuff. But it it feels like Gary, this is just a just a, like a passion, the same way that you're passionate about passion ball, you know. <laughs> like if he gets a bad fit off, he'll sit in the locker room half an hour after the game and think about well, it. Luckily, you know? he's never had a bad fit, to be honest. <laughs> well, last year when he had the reversible cardigan and he wore one side of the cardigan for the, I was against the Bucks. The Raptors beat the Bucks. I like, asked he, him about that too. Yeah. Like oh, yeah, when he's so I was just like, do you, I was joking. Like, do you ever get chilly? Because part of his look is like yeah. he doesn't wear a shirt yeah. underneath, which he did not. And the arena's cold. Yeah. yeah. No, but and, he flipped the cardigan. And at he flipped time. it. I was like, like I what, don't know the term. Like that was a ball. He was not listening during that and then post game and then you know or. <laughs> halftime when Nick was talking, he's like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go flip my cardigan. That's not what he said. because no, but... I just imagine Nick like doing like oh, halftime <laughs> film session. He's like, all right, guys. Look, and meanwhile, listen, Gary is just topless on the side, flipping his cardigan. <laughs> Pure three sheets of the wind behavior, man. Oh, 
Um, but yeah. I, if they wouldn't have lost, though, on Monday, I'll say there's even some moments where I Photoshop some of the teammates' faces on Gary's oh, looks. Okay. Ooh. But, but that was, but but that was because, called off. But because yeah. they lost, you know, like, that'll yeah. be for another yeah. day when there's a little bit more joy surrounding the team. But anyways, yeah. just shout out for Jerry. Gary, not Jerry. But oh, yeah. I thought you were Jerry Maguire, a.k.a. the, the story yeah, right? on, on, on Jafar. Oh, that was a great story as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was reading oh, that man. last night. The Jerry Maguire. Shouts to Jafar. No, I think yeah. I think it was cool, Gary, too, when um when he first joined the Raptors in Tampa. He was very intentional too. Yeah. I think he got like a custom Blue Jays jersey with like his name on the back. Like he wore a lot of Toronto stuff too. Mm-hmm. Which yeah, like, I asked him about bubble fashion as well. Right. And just seeing like, did you get any joy from that? Or it was like Groundhog's Day. And he's like, some moments like it did bring a little bit of mm-hmm. joy, but basically you wore it to the arena and you mm-hmm. went right back to your room. Yeah. But I will say that another reason that I wanted to do this story on Gary's because when we talk about the personality, I feel like you can tell a lot from a player, people, and how they interact with people not around the team. Mm. Like, Gary is always saying hi to the security guards, the ushers, just everybody, the custodians. Yeah, and, like, and yeah. it honestly reminded me a lot of Norman Powell, which I know they're involved with the trade together. And right. I love Storm and Norman because he's so nice to everybody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Gary, I know at least sometimes maybe in his post games and that, you may not perceive him that way, but he's really nice. No, he's very polite. Yeah. Like, he's a very yeah, polite yeah, he's person. He's got good manners. Because some well, people do not we, acknowledge anybody. Yeah, we've had his dad yeah. in the studio many times. You know he's been through just, like, very... You're a sucker. <laughs> very, very strict parenting. <laughs> um, but I, I also think that, like, even when you listen to, for example, I listened to the Kevin Garnett podcast where he, he him and Paul Pierce chat about mm. the 08 Celtics nonstop. Mm. Actually, I really, honestly, I kind of really like that team, and I actually really like those two specifically. But KG always talks, whenever he talks about Toronto, he mentions and he calls Gary uh, nephew. My little nephews in there in Toronto mm. doing his thing. Gary grew up in NBA locker rooms, and I think that's why he's so mature and so much like yeah. almost ahead of the curve in a way for a guy who's 23. You forget he's 23 because he's really a guy who just this is his life. Like his 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 whole life, he's grown up in this environment. So I, I, he probably thinks he's dressing normal to be honest. So the key to me, like probably being mature, is I should have grown up in an NBA locker room. Yes. And that's what failed me. Yeah, that's yeah. a that's a takeaway from this. Yeah. But yeah, everybody should check away. out. Lindsay's feature. Yes, appreciate it's you the dropping only positive by. Raptors news out there. <laughs> so I urge you to appreciate you dropping by. Okay, um, that does it for us today. Uh, I've been your host, Willu, and you've been listening to the Raptors Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Make sure you find the Raptors Show wherever you listen to podcasts and subscribe and please rate and review the show. A reminder, we're streaming live on Sportsnet's YouTube channel and airing live on Sportsnet 360 Monday to Friday from 2 to 3 p.m. Thanks again to producer and calls Alex Wong. Big thanks to Lindsay Dunn for joining us in studio. Thanks to our board producer, Derek Brandale and Jennifer Rolnick for helping us with the YouTube stream. And we'll be back to talk about this miserable basketball team tomorrow. Stay. Um, I would stay. Um, I would stay. Um, I would stay. He stayed in our hearts. He stayed in our hearts. Not mine. <laughs>